All right, welcome to another edition of the DC Sports Huddle. I am Rob Woodwork, the turkey of this podcast in more ways than one, alongside Gravy George Wallace and the cranberry sauce of the show, Dave Preston. And that's not the cranberry jelly, that's the actual cranberry sauce with actual cranberries. There's oh, a difference. Now that's a hot take right there. I actually like the jelly. Okay, better. good. More yeah. for me. Yeah. Why am I gravy? Because you just make everything better. Well, I just want to hear you, you say like that, that loud. That's all. <laughs> Except for breakfast here. <laughs> well, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving, or at least one better than the Commanders had in Dallas. Uh, I'm going to give you this stat real quick before we get into it. Uh, did you see this? Uh, entering Thanksgiving, NFL teams were combined 57 and 0 over the last 25 regular seasons when they had a game where all these things were true. Mm-hmm. They had 100 yards rushing, 250 passing yards a time of possession of 35 minutes or more, no more than 25 penalty yards, and no more than one turnover. The Commanders did all of that on Thanksgiving and lost by 35 points. The first team to ever lose under all of that going their way. That is mind-boggling. I'm I'm saying that this team is creating new ways to lose, and it cost Jack Del Rio his job. He's already out. Uh, A lot of fans, I think, want more, and we've touched on this topic a little bit over a few previous episodes, and I think it bears asking now, as Washington has one more game before they go into a bye, a logical place, if you get embarrassed by the Miami Dolphins, which statistically speaking, you should, do you blow out Ron Rivera? No. You don't think so? No. Do I, do I think – I don't. how about this? Let's, I'll answer your question. No, I don't think they sh- – I don't think they will, and I don't think they should. Okay. Show, do you want an explanation? Yeah, you want to show your work? <laughs> I got didn't the chart. I got the grid right here. By the way, didn't you hate that? I'm going through that now. I mean, kids, yeah, they do. Yeah, they they we get were, the yeah. answer. And I was like, but you, you, Christopher, you have to show how you do it. He goes, I got it. I said, I understand that. Trust me. I hated it. Yeah. But you got to write something. Right. The worst. And I can't even do math Here's, with these kids now because they know, changed oh, it's, it's it entirely terrible. from what we did as kids. We can do a whole show on this new math. Which I is suggest off, we do. Which is just, which is just awful. We I can get I, educators I, in I mean, here. It's I know just, lots of teachers. It's terrible. How do I get my answer? It's right here on my calculator. That's how I got the answer. <laughs> yeah. There's my work. <clears throat> they used to tell us all the time, you're not going to always have a calculator on your person, so you got to learn how to do it. Well, guess what? Kids have now to get every, more than we if do. If you have a smartphone, you have a calculator. There's Remember the a calculator TI- on this phone? Remember yeah. the TI-81? That yeah. The, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I think the move that was made with last week was the move, the only move that's going to be for the remainder of the season. Okay. Nothing is going to get worse than that. I mean, well, okay, it could get worse, yes, for four games left, five games left. But, facing a team that scored seven. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right. But I think you're going to get a little bit of a bump. These always things happen. You get a little bump when you make a coaching change like that. They're going to – my favorite is like, I'm going all over the place here. Let me answer, let me do this first. My favorite is they're going to pare things down and simplify things. You had the authority to tell your defensive coordinator to do that earlier mm. this season. <laughs> you could yeah. have done that week one. Right? Yeah. Um, so why? That's my favorite thing. Well, we're going to simplify things. Well, why didn't you do it before? And why do you have to simplify things? And we've said this many times. It's year four of your program. Yeah. You should be able yeah. to... Yeah, teach it to bring it back to the school thing. Yeah, you should be doing AP defense by now, <laughs> right? Why are we simplifying? Why are we going back to one hundred and one? Right, for these players. Um, okay, so as far as Ron Rivera is concerned, I don't think it's going to happen, and I don't think it should happen at this point. You're going to give him the season. It's a foregone conclusion. January eighth, it's going to be all over. Mm-hmm. I think that 
they are going to show the respect to him for what has happened over the past four years. I mean, it's not like it's been a complete dumpster fire. Okay, he has done some things here. I think they're yeah. going to send him out with class. The new ownership is, and I think they're going to – honor him is the right word, but I think you're gonna he's going to speak on Monday. I don't think he's just going to be fired and not speak. I think they're going to go in a different direction. I even say you could announce it before the last game and then thank him in that last game of the season with a somewhat video. How long would the video tribute be? I don't know. The all-time winningest coach in Commander's history. <laughs> right. Right. The all-time winningest coach in Washington football team history. Right. Um, <laughs> so the more and more I think about it, I think he deserves that. Blowing him out now, I don't think that's going to do anything. I think it's uh, – and plus – you're on your way to a top five pick. Why change anything? Why change right? the yes? Why so, change the dynamic? Nothing's gonna change this year. I don't think Eric Bieniemy is the going to be the answer. So I don't know if even giving him four games of the interim basis, what that would do. Uh because the other thing you don't want to do also is you let's okay, let's say you make a change after the Dolphins game. And then you go out, you come back after a bye, and you have the Rams. And then the Jets. What happens if you go out and win those two games with EB as your head coach? Not a, I don't think they're going to do it. So, um, I, By the I, way, I, on the bye part, how about this? When was the last time, has there been a time, a team leaves for a bye and comes back knowing the season's over? I'm sure it's happened over the years where a team Late has buys? just— yeah, where, where yeah. teams had a— there, there have been enough bad teams in this league, yeah. enough four, three, you know, three-win teams that— they have a you know November three, buy and, and they're three. like you know what we're kind of done yeah and they you know they're uh, just but this team coming back how how difficult is it going to be with these guys to come back with right. four weeks left and then a long trip to L A your first yeah week back I mean it's good that that game comes after a buy because yeah. you're traveling across country to right. <laughs> to face a guy who arguably should be the head coach yeah, here right. over anybody you've had here the Carson in Wentz the last few years. Game. Uh, there's two we things that, that uh, concern me about making a coaching change in season. Now, number one, you should not do it. And I know I've said in here, you know, a couple of times, like, you know, oh, you lose to the Giants, basically fire everybody. I was going to say, can we go re-rack the tape? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, would yeah. Think, you don't yeah. have to re-rack the tape. I can admit okay. when I'm wrong. All right, calm down. So, yes. Right. I, 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 <laughs> I do not – I've sat with this and I've thought with this, and George and I talked about it a little bit off, um, you know, off mic – it's and not that we didn't want to include you. No, in the it's, it's, okay, yeah. it's just that, it's okay. yeah, we're ships passing in the night. Yeah. So, um, and the thing is with Rivera, as bad as it is right now, yeah. and as frustrating as it is right now, he did bring stability mm-hmm. and legitimacy to your organization at a time where you lacked both. Yes. And so he should be celebrated for that. So you agree with me? I do. Okay. And – I've always warned against his track record uh-huh. because, again, you take that Super Bowl season off his ledger, he's a losing coach who hasn't done anything except win multiple division titles with a losing record. Right. So with where they are as an organization now, this is a clear step back. If anything, this is this is a good thing because you, it's there's not going to be any question as to – what his fate is. There's going no to gray be. area. There's no gray. Yeah. If Agreed. you go, if you win the division and yep. you go, you know, you win a playoff game and you lose in the second round, then there has to be a conversation. Correct. And so now there's not a conversation. He's not the guy. But you're not the dumpster fire you were in 2019. Mm-hmm. He's 
This is an attractive job. This is exactly. He's helped create. Now Mm -hmm. he's got a mirror. There's a myriad of problems, but he's helped make this an attractive destination. The change in ownership is a big piece of that. Probably Mm -hmm. bigger than anything Rivera's done. Of course. But the on-field product, nothing is embarrassing about it. Mm -hmm. You know. So I would not fire him in season. I would say give him to the end of the year. And like you said, if you want to give him a tribute or something like that, then that's that's. I don't know that they'll do that. But moreover, if you make a move in season, it sends a message to whoever the next head coach is that mm-hmm. you're an impulsive owner. Correct. And so I don't want them to do anything that will adversely affect the reputation of this ownership group or this, uh, this organization as they move forward with a new clean slate. So you look at what's happening in Carolina. <laughs> I mean – He's, I mean, he's fired coaches in season three straight. Coach, he yeah. said he's going to hire a seventh coach in five years. Yeah, right. So you don't want to set that kind of precedent here, and put by firing him and then putting EB in, and then there, there's the other aspect, right? And pointing to Carolina again with Steve Wilkes. That man got the best results for that franchise mm-hmm. of anybody. So right. then there was pressure to yeah. hire him. There wouldn't be any pressure to hire EB if you. Fire Ron during the bye, and then they come out and go four and zero. There'd be pitchforks up. I know, saying, "That's what I'm saying." First of all, why'd you win? Why'd you screw up? Yeah, (laughs) and it's the Lovey Smith situation. They screwed that up last year, right? Lovey Smith. If you're gonna fire him, you do it before the last game of the year because he's gonna try and win the game, and he did, and you lost the number one pick. But then he wound up with the guy that. Everybody you could argue is, wanted, yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. wanted, yeah. Thank yeah. you, Carolina. Why, why Frank yeah. Reich yeah. is out of a job? Yeah. I think I think I'm I'm selfishly saying don't fire Ron Rivera. And yes, while I appreciate everything that he's brought to the franchise, while I appreciate the fact that it's important for prospective coaches to see that this is a deliberative ownership group, I want to keep things in place for the development, potential development of Sam Howell. He is, you know, he currently, even though it's because they played 12 games as opposed to 11, he currently leads the league in a ton of categories, uh, you know, completions, yardage, attempts, and what have you. We're getting a lot of tape, a lot of growth from him this season, and I don't want to mess up the way things are going on that side of the football. If you fire Ron Rivera, replace him with Eric Bieniemy. All of a sudden, Bieniemy is doing two things, mm-hmm. and he's never been a head coach before, and he's just in his first season of really being the offensive guy. He's been an OC with Kansas City, and we're not going to debate how many of the plays he called, you know, for the Chiefs here and there. But this is the first time he is he is the sole uh, proprietor of the offense this season, the sole director. It's all coming from him. There's nobody else on that song sheet title except for him, and. I want to keep it that way for the final five games of the season, regardless of what happens this upcoming Sunday at Miami, because moving forward, the development of the commander's quarterback is paramount for the next coaching staff that comes in because they have to know, depending on how high this team drafts, suppose they draft fifth or 10th or something like that. Is it worth it taking a gamble on an unproven rookie or do they think they have the right guy in place and instead they select an offensive lineman who can keep him upright or they take Marvin Harrison Jr. to give him an even better target to throw to. So, uh, you know, selfishly, I want to keep this offensive core intact and I want to find out what we have in Sam Howell before the new coaching staff has to make perhaps their biggest decision in the offseason, 
who do they pick, who do they pick at whatever uh, selection the, the Commanders have? You're right. The decision is going to be if you have a top three pick, you have to right, cons- regardless of how Sam Howell. I mean, best case scenario, if you do land in the top three, top five, I mean, top five, you're going to get one of the blue chip mm-hmm. quarterbacks. It's just a matter of whether or not whoever comes in mm-hmm. loves that player sure. and, and loves them more than Sam Howell. And I was actually reading that, and I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but if um, Ben Johnson – uh, the Lions offensive coordinator, if he ends up being the pick and he's kind of a hot candidate right now uh, because of how good the Lions are, mm-hmm. you know, he's 37 years old. He's an offensive mind. Everybody's, you know, high on him. Central casting yeah, for, yes, you know, yeah, NFL coaches exactly. in 2023. And so um, yeah. if you look at his background, he was a quarterback at North Carolina mm-hmm. where right. Sam Howell went. Does now, he have Does he have stubble like uh, all the other guys who have come up and have gotten have jobs stubble. recently? Yes, yeah. they all have stubble. Give They're one of those guys, guys a razor deal. Yeah, so I don't know how he feels about Sam Howell. They right. worked right. together at, I think, the Senior Bowl or something like that. Um, but there's been interactions between the two, even if there's not a super strong relationship. So he could come in here and say, you know, I like Sam Howell. Let's go get the top offensive lineman with that pick instead, right, right. and then we can draft a developmental guy in a later round. But I, if you have Caleb Williams looking at you in the time, if he slides for any you reason, bring him. you, you got to yeah. take him. Have you got to take him. So, but I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves with that. But um, so we all agree that we should not fire Ron Rivera, which is, I mean, we. We need to start disagreeing on some stuff, man. We need to. Usually, you're good for that, but you went ahead and switched. I came in. But I think we disagree for different reasons. I mean, I mean, I think we agree, but for different, different reasons. reasons. Yeah, yeah. right. That's, fair. That's right. fair. For yeah. continuity, there for appreciating him, for now, hopefully the bobblehead that they give away the last. <laughs> yeah, they're they're going to cancel that, and you won't get it. No, that's he's yeah, trying. Yeah, he's, he's trying. angling for it. Uh, but since they're keeping Rivera, presumably, uh, he is now that Jack Del Rio is out. He is the de facto defensive coordinator, right? Or at least he's calling the plays. Mm-hmm. Um, so did a little research here as to Rivera as a defensive coordinator. In seven seasons, just as a defensive coordinator, he's never had a unit finish worse than 15th in scoring. He had three units in the top five in total defense and three finishes in the top five in scoring defense. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be a complete turnaround, and now they're going to be the 85 Bears just because Ron Rivera's yeah. calling plays. But I think that there will be an improvement in the defensive performance. The question is whether he can do that and be the head coach simultaneously. I know he did that uh, at least briefly in Carolina. I don't know if it was uh, part of a season or an entire season, but in 2018 and thereabouts, uh, he did – do both, and um, if I recall correctly, they they weren't terrible. But- I think there's a very good chance that they play very well against Miami, like play above their abilities from what they've from what we've seen. Because it's I would ca- love for you to show your work on that. It's called the dead cat bounce. <laughs> well, uh, it, it, and it, it's the bounce. fired coach you bounce. bounce yeah. I've seen uh, yeah. the the season after uh, 
uh, and the, a different sport. But Look at Antonio uh, Pierce. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when the Nationals got rid of uh, all the players at the deadline and they wound up taking two or three from the Cubs. Right. Yeah. And right. it was like, but that was it. You know, so there's the, the initial surge, and you're right yeah. with Antonio Pierce. They win a couple games. Granted, they were playing New York team, so it's right. a different animal. But right. So I, I think I'm not saying that they're going to beat Miami, but I'm going to say that, the def- that we're going to see a better defense on the field this Sunday. Uh, what's going to be really soul-sucking is if over the last five games of the season, the defense all of a sudden whips itself into shape and you're saying, oh my God, this was what you potentially had mm-hmm. and we were given 12 weeks of absolute garbage. Right. Yeah, You know, where they allowed 29 points or yeah. more eight times eight in times. 12 weeks. You can't... Again, that's that's frowned upon. Yes, and how frustrating would that be I know. if over the last month of the season, even at, even not including the Miami game, if they come back from the bye week and all of a sudden you have a defense that's like, whoa, pitching a shutout, holding the team without that a would touchdown. Be so Washington. That would be yes. That would be so. You, you almost don't want that to happen. No, you, don't. you almost don't want to know how good things could have been without Jack Del Rio as the DC. Everybody looks at this game knowing that the Dolphins scored 70 on the Denver Broncos. And that's another defense that looked like trash at the beginning of the year and now all of a sudden looks like world beaters. Uh, I think they're in the midst of a five-game win streak now. You know, it's easy to just assume that Washington, oh, well, if they they scored 70 in this game, then Washington's going to give up 80. Transitive property of football doesn't really exist. It does not apply. Uh, First of all, if I recall correctly, that game was played in Miami. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think the FedEx field turf is going to slow down this offense more turf than, than anything yeah. the commanders are going to do. So I think by virtue of playing on the road, um, you may have some elements. I, I, I haven't Thanks, checked. I'm I, filling in for George yeah. Sunday. Great, yeah. <laughs> There's a ch- at least a chance of rain on Sunday. Right. Um, you're playing on turf that's pretty chewed up from having played however many games at home already. I and think concerts. It's been six. You know, right. So – I think that'll slow them down, and I think the commanders will have a boost in performance because of the coaching change. So their wide receivers, though, man, look, the, the commanders give up a 114 quarterback rating to right. you know when they're tar- uh, the opposition is targeting wide receivers, and that happens to be the strength of this team. That speed is going to be too much, and there's going to be explosive plays, but maybe not to the degree that – we think it'll I forget who it was, but somebody posted the fact that Miami has the most explosive uh, scoring plays in the NFL this yep. season. The commanders have given up yep. the most expen- uh, explosive scoring plays. And that's not where something has to give. No, those two things can go together <laughs> this Sunday. And that's a concern. I, I think they play better. I don't think than uh, we've seen the last couple of weeks, because even though they only lost by 12 to the Giants, I thought that was a... If if they didn't play that Thursday, you would have seen I think Del Rio and and some heads roll you know after that loss mm-hmm. and w- w- they, at no point on Thanksgiving Day did you think that defense was capable of stopping Dallas mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah they because there's always that first drive oh maybe you get one first down it's a three now whatever but when Dallas needed to score points I think three their last uh, you know with the exception of the first possession of uh, the first half. They put points on the board. The last three times they had the ball in the second half, they put points on the board. I don't see the commanders uh, holding Miami in check that well. I do see them perhaps getting some points 
on this Dolphins team that, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of it is because of pace because they score so quickly. 23rd in the NFL in scoring defense. They cough up plenty of passing yards as well. So that, yeah, I could see Sam Howell and company having their moments, but not enough. And I see Miami winning by double digits on Sunday, 34-24. 34-24. Yeah. Giving them 24. Um, uh, to your point about the defense, though, because they that that is a strange dynamic because in terms of points allowed, yes, they, they give up more points. In terms of yardage, like they're top 10, yeah. um, and they're, I believe, third against the run. Somewhere in that mix, yeah. yeah. yeah so, they're top, top 10 easy. I yeah. mean. Uh, actually, six against the yeah. run because I, I used this stat on the air the other day. Third in sacks, though. And my, which is a, you know, yeah. And third and sack. So it's just like everything that, everything that Washington does poorly, Miami does well. So everything about it screams blowout, but it's like, how often do we say that? And then it's like, whoa, this game is actually pretty right. close. So it I'm might taking, be, yeah, it might be a 10. I, I, I see it finishing at 10, and that could very well be a 10 point game with Washington yeah. getting two late touchdowns. Right. I just, yeah, I, once I, they've I called off the yeah, dogs. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't see them in position to win the game in, in a manner that where, where they play well enough to do so. Okay. Although they're getting a lot of rest, they have the rest factor. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the FedEx turf is going to slow down the Dolphins more than the Commanders will, but I, I see Miami winning 30-13. to 13. I agree. This is probably going to be a double-digit loss. Sam Howell ends the pick-six streak, but he, um, but that Commanders defense, uh, again, looks better than I think the matchup suggests. That's been a nice cherry on top the last couple weeks. Yeah. How about that? It's like, uh. oh, you're losing. Oh, pick-six. Oh, now it's worse. Uh, George Wallace. Oh, yeah. Who do you he's think? Done, he's done that. Yeah. yeah. Two, it's, two it's, games it's, in a row. It's been a thing. It's, it's, right. been, it's been right. radishes for dessert. You're right. Well, I think Dave because Dave Preston is going to be pinch hitting for George on Sunday, so he's going to get the treat of uh, watching the Dolphins. And see, I do this for him. Yeah. To yeah. watch a pretty good offensive performance. Got to see the Giants. Got to, <laughs> see, got the got Dolphins. to see the Giants. Oh. Now, the weather's going to be a factor. Did we talk about the weather while I was I on? Did, I did say I, I haven't looked – I, first of all, the forecast changes. Like we're too yeah. far out. We're recording yeah. this on a Thursday. Like it could change, but there is at least a chance of rain yeah. on Sunday. Tyreek Hill's still pretty good, regardless of the weather. I mean, Tyreek Hill on a treadmill is going to outrun people. Yeah, yeah, and the back end is tough. I mean, especially if Emmanuel Forbes is still hurting. Um, I think it's going to be. It could be a long day uh, for Washington. I don't think they give up forty. I think they do get the bump, like we talked about with Rivera. And the coaching change, uh, you know, they. Get my, I do think they get to thirty, though. I think uh, my, the Dolphins have scored thirty uh, plus points six times this season. Isn't this the team that scored seventy? Yeah. yeah. So okay. that 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 kind of tweaked their numbers for a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. I think they get to thirty. I'm going to go thirty-one. I think uh, I'll go thirty-one twenty-one. What's the spread right now? Nine. Nine, nine yeah. and a half, yeah. something like that. I don't see this. I don't see this team covering. Um, I see them playing well, but not. You know, they. What do they say? Good teams win. Great teams cover. Yeah. This is not a team that, you know, I, I had them covering against Dallas. That did yeah, not happen. that didn't happen. Especially when it jumped to 13 and a half. I said, whoa, I I'm printing money here. Yeah. No, I wasn't. No, you weren't. 3121 Dolphins. 3121 Dolphins. Uh, if ever there was a time to ground and pound, and I know this isn't uh, Eric Bieniemy's, you know, thing. He wants to pass, 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 and, you know, be Andy Reid 2.0. But uh, against this team, 
I think you may have to come with something that they're not expecting. Yeah. They're not expecting mm-hmm. you to give them a heavy dose of Brian Robinson right. early and often, mm-hmm. and he has been underutilized as a rusher. And I they mean, all it's agree. It's funny he the had a hundred is- yard uh, receiving game because they haven't uh, they haven't used him as a runner. Well, and EB said that today. He said, well, he's, he jokes with he's, he jokes with Robinson. He's a receiver now, but they know that they don't use him enough. Right. But this is the matchup to do it because you want to keep Miami's offense off the off field. Off the field, yeah. That it's not just the speed at receiver. They're also very good at running back. They lead the league in rush yards per carry at five and a half. They're second in rush yards per game. So this is a team that, yeah, you could yeah. stop the, them from running wild on the edges, but you got to stop the run. Yeah. And Washington's not super great at anything. Can you this, do that? Can this, you stop the run? Sometimes? They're not super great. <laughs> they're not even moderately okay, super, let alone super great. Super terrific. <laughs> they're not super awesome. Oh. Super terrific. Oh, God. Well, the college football playoff, right. we're going to get one more ranking. Dave Preston is our resident AP Top 25 voter, so he's got some feelings on this, and I want to know. I mean, I know that the Michigan game – uh, basically, they kicked Ohio State out of the two yes. spot by winning that game. Right, but Florida State without their best player in at four. I don't think Florida State advances. I, I think I, I think they find a way to underperform against Louisville, even though Louisville has looked bad against so-so teams. They lost to Pitt. They lost to uh, Kentucky. I think that Washington finds a way to beat Oregon and Washington sneaks in Washington. If both teams win Washington and Florida state, Washington's win over Oregon will be more impressive and they will jump into the number four spot. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Alabama win yeah. though. If because, they win, they yes, always want to get Alabama they, in. They've lost. They, they haven't lost since September. They yeah. lost to a Texas team that you know is very good. And what would be interesting is if they were to win and Texas were to just have a so-so win over Oklahoma state, you would Bama would get a bounce by beating top-ranked Georgia and might find their way into the top four. If ever there was a year to have eight teams in the yeah. playoff, they're going to go to 12 next year. But if ever, I always thought that really if you wanted to do the system justice, you have your power five teams, automatic berths for the conference winners, and then put three wild cards in, whether it's a second-place team from a power five school or an unbeaten James Madison uh, from the AA, from the uh, the uh, Sun Belt or somebody from the AAC who's played really well, and you make it equitable that way, or Notre Dame doing their thing. This would have been a perfect year to have eight teams in that mix and instead, that's not going to happen. We're going to have four. One last Sunday where every where very few people are happy. Four schools are excited. Probably two schools are excited. The other two who didn't get the seed they want, they're going to be upset. And then and then maybe four or five schools that are really ticked off that they didn't get the necessary uh, bounce from winning on a conference weekend. I've always the, felt that four is not enough, and that twelve right. is too much. Because look, you tell me, perfect. Eight, eight so perfect. perfect. If Georgia loses to Alabama, they're still not one of the best four teams in the country. They'd be the fourth team. If Georgia were to lose to Alabama, they'd be they the fourth team. Four. Bama would find a way to get to number three, yeah. and yeah, then you would have what happens in the Michigan game. Because if Michigan loses, there's no way Iowa is getting in no. the top four. Having seen them play, oh gosh, they're hor- it's just. So is it's, Michigan? It's, 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 it's is Michigan lose? If he, they lose to Iowa, they if they, Michigan loses, they're out. And what about Ohio State? Ohio State, I don't think would get the. Ba- it depends on what happens in the Alabama game. Yeah. Because that's the thing with yeah. four. You, you tell me, because, you know, Michigan, yeah. they lose, they beat Ohio State, and now Ohio State all of a sudden is not one of the four best teams. Like, I don't buy I, That's the stuff I don't buy. Yeah. There I, have I, been I, years. I, I was, it was curious to me yeah. that they slid all the way to Back seven. in the day before they went to the playoff in the BCS, there were years where the fifth uh, ranked team found a way 
to when its bowl and other stuff happened. Uh, and this is going back to Miami in 83, Notre Dame in 77. It's happened before where a team has been able to leapfrog over others. USC at one point did the same thing. You can make the case for the fifth best team having a run. You can't really do the same with the ninth best team. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought that eight should be enough for mm-hmm. the for the playoffs. Uh, you know, you you open it to 12, yeah. you're, you're going to further expand a playoff a bad, that yeah. is already starting to feel bloated Correct. with all the other bulls too. Right. So it, eight it, is you, enough. That's a TV show. Exactly. To, I yeah. saw what he did there. Yeah, yeah, I didn't right. want to point it out. I, I, back. I, yeah. He wants you to point it out. <laughs> On another note, uh, believe it or not, uh, conference play begins. Uh, Virginia, I think takes on Syracuse. Basketball. Yes. In, in college yeah. hoops, Virginia men take on Syracuse Saturday. Uh, but I think just more importantly, it'll be interesting to see how good Maryland is on the road Friday night at Indiana. Last year they went one and nine on the road in the Big Ten, almost napalmed their uh, you know NCAA tournament hopes because yeah. they played so badly on the road. And with a team that is now shooting, I think uh, after the other night they're no longer 359th in the nation in shooting <laughs> the three. They're now 355th, oh, or at good. least they were we're yesterday. All right. Question yeah. is, can they uh, have that offense uh, on the road? Because if they can't shoot effectively from three point range. It's it's going to be a long season for them on the road, and they need to they need to find a way to get healthy shooting the ball uh, from the perimeter against a team like IU that can defend. So uh, it, it's not everything this weekend, but it's going to be a nice barometer to see okay how much improved over the last couple of weeks is this Maryland team. Yeah, shot forty percent from three in the win over Ryder. That's of course Dave Preston was uh, was at live. Yeah. Giving me updates. Hey, they look good that so, night. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Well, this was another fun episode fun because one. George wants me to point that out. No, what did the what did you say the first one? Hopeful. Yeah. Hopeful. Yeah. yeah. Wishing, is, hope, and praying. Yeah. Rob Woodfork signing off with George Wallace and me. Dave Preston. We are breaking the huddle.